Hello, everyone. So, um, remember the days where I'd be like, hello, everyone. I mean, you know, you're very lost, very lost when you have a podcast, when you have one by yourself. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, happy holidays, all the holidays and happy new year. Um, I am snowed in for the very first time in my life and I love it and hate it because as someone who grew up in a sunny Southern California, my whole idea of being snowed in is to have cider, hot chocolate and fuck in front of a fireplace. And it's just like people assume that I'm at the beach surfing every day because I'm from um, Southern California. And so it's just similar, very narrow and stupid stereotypes. In reality, I ordered delivery. I'm probably going to order up to three times, delivery up to three times today because I do not see myself attempting to freeze to death to go to the grocery store. Um... I am tipping extra heavy, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited and I, I might not be able to leave tomorrow too. I mean, we have to see how this shakes out, but, um, anyways, thanks y'all for riding with me and I hope that, you know, I'm going to do my best with talking about Harry and Megan. I feel like I have a lot of thoughts. And so I feel like this might be one of the longer episodes. And I do believe that typically people prefer long podcast episodes. People prefer episodes that were that are around an hour. And naturally, because I say that, this will be like eight minutes. But um, we will see what happens. I have a very, very loose outline here. So, it, you know, depends on how many tangents I go on. Um, that will determine the length of this. Is for my personal life. So when I started this podcast, I was dating someone. I had a boyfriend. Um, and a few weeks ago, I think around three weeks ago. Um, well, we broke up a while ago. Anyways, around three weeks ago, he um, sent me a request on Instagram And to cut a long story short, that prompted a lot of back and forth, kind of like JT and academics, (laughs) JT, I'm so stupid, Young Miami, Jesus Christ, kind of like Young Miami and academics. I'm being ridiculous. I was just thinking of two people online who somewhat recently went at it, but anyways, It was really disheartening um, to, it's like that was so done and done and for him to like fall, just drop in, fall from out of the sky and to be vicious and nasty towards me, it's like, hun, you were so out of sight, out of mind. You are so like X amount of men later, you're in another state. I'm doing my own thing. I had just gotten back from an international trip days prior just to be like in some online brawl with somebody from my past. It saddens me. It saddens me. It's like if you're like leave, leave some people alone. Just like, how are you reaching out to me to be nasty to me? If I reached out to you and you are nasty back, then I open that door. But I'm literally, I was literally happy, fine, doing my own thing and you're disrupting my peace. I don't know. It just, it's crazy. I'm, I, it's really, really unfortunate when some people really show you that whatever you thought about them is actually much worse. Um, Outside of that, a few days ago, I signed a contract um, 
So basically for something, and I'm going to be very vague, <laughs> sorry. Um, so basically I was in the 1% acceptance rate for something that I submitted the other week and they had sent me my contract and I kind of dragged my feet on it. I took about a week, um, well, less than a week to sign it. I signed it the other day. Um, so basically I have a lot of anxiety about this project, <clears throat> excuse me, because basically the project is controversial. The project is polarizing and people are going to come for my neck. Um, just like I consider the project Meghan Markle. I really do just completely nuclear and radioactive. And so um, I, I have every reason to be anxious about it. Every reason. Because people online, the only reason why a lot of people are online is to write nasty comments and to threaten people and to be um, really, really vile. So it's just, I'm very scared in case that hasn't been made clear already. I'm incredibly scared. However, I do believe that in life, it's important to do the things that you're afraid of. I do believe that the things that you're afraid of are the most transformative and can have the most positive impacts on your life if you're willing to step out and be courageous and pursue something and do something that terrifies you. So um, this basically, it's like a 50, it, it's like, a, it's like a 50, 50 chance. It's like split down the middle. It's like this will either change my life, possibly in a very good way, or it won't gain the traction that I anticipate. And it won't, um, it won't be a catalyst for, you know, positive things that I want it to be a catalyst for. It's, I don't know, you know, I'm only going to know after the project comes out. And so I think I'm about positive. It's about, it's going to come out next month, January, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a risk. It's a huge, huge risk. And the potential for me to go viral is pretty big. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, you know, I, it's just, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. It, because I'm tr just trying to be realistic and I'm trying to anticipate the unknown but there's no way for me to accurately do that. There's no way for me to know um, where this could lead. And um, but I know people are going to be upset. I, I'm just so familiar with um, with online culture and the bullying, the cyberbullying, and the, just the craziness to the point that I'm already um, next week. I'm gonna. I'm going to pay for this service um, that wipes you off the internet. So I'm going to, so there's this company called Delete Me that you pay to wipe yourself off the internet, but they have a competitor and the competitor is like six or seven times more thorough than Delete Me. So I'm going to pay for that service for my entire family um, so that... Let's say they don't find me. Someone doesn't find me online. If they found a sibling or a parent or whatever, it's like the same as them finding me online. So I'm basically going to pay to like wipe my entire family off the internet. My nuclear family, of course. Um, so those are the personal life updates. I will. I, what's so funny is it's like, I just thought about my, I just thought right really quickly. I was like, what if I don't tell them? the outcome of this project. <laughs>
And the only reason I, if, okay, if I, if I didn't tell y'all the outcome of this project, it would be because I, I would be so viral that you guys would figure out who I am, <laughs> which is just super funny that I wouldn't tell my own audience. Oh, you know, that girl that you saw that bitch is me. Like that would be funny. I just took a sip of water because God knows I'd be smacking. I'd be smacking when I record this this podcast. Okay, so I watched Harry and Megan about three. No, no, maybe I was a week late. But after the second drop, the part two drop, I think I was within a few days after that. Um... Anyway, before I get into the documentary, I'm going to be, um, I'm freestyling. So God only knows what's going to, what I'm going to say, <laughs> because it's like, you know, the jury's out on how articulate I could be. I think it depends on the subject. It depends on my sobriety. Um, and it really depends on if I'm overthinking it or not, but Okay, so I watched the documentary or docu-series and I don't feel good about it. So first of all, I I like Meghan Markle and what's very funny to me is like her stands. I have listened like one stand in particular um, that I listened to her podcast. I, I only specifically listened to it to hear what she was saying about Meghan Markle. And she only covered the first, um, part of the docuseries, but she was bawling, crying, watching the series. She started to tear up while talking about the series. <laughs> like Meghan Markle has some diehard stands. Um, and I also follow this other girl who stands the Royals, but here's what I want to say. Like, I find it troubling. Like the one girl who cries, I know that she's really into Meghan Markle because Meghan Markle is pretty. When I say pretty on a scale of one to 10, Meghan Markle is a 12. Um, because she, Meghan Markle has like the most beautiful, beautifully shaped eyes I've ever seen in my life. They are complete, like half, they're like the shape of a rainbow, essentially stunning. Just this, the shape of her eye is really, really beautiful. Her smile is flawless. And then her nose, her side profile, um, jaw dropping. Like she really is a 12 period. End of story. <laughs> And, and then that's just her face. And then when you get to the body, this bitch is always only pregnant in her fucking belly with a little bit of weight in her face. And then she's right back to being skinny again. Like she just, she's genetically gifted. This woman is so genetically blessed. Like you just look at her and you know, like, okay, this bitch eats and works out. I don't see her as like an anorexic ass bitch. I just see her as someone who eats really, really healthy. Whereas Kate, I do think Kate uh, Middleton tends to be too skinny um, and her waist tends to be really tiny. And I just, I doubt she's really eating. Um, but yeah, the Megan stands, they, I do have an issue with people standing someone because of their looks. As I've said before, I do think a big part of why Beyonce is so popular is because of what she looks like. And I'm just, I'm not into that. Like people just being like fans because they think someone is attractive to me is just really corny and superficial. But, um, I, but my point is I like Meghan Markle and from what I know about Prince Harry, I like him or I really like him. I should say, I really like that he has spoken out about, um, what is the phrase? Jesus Christ, I'm blanking, but, oh, unconscious, like, bias, like, that we all have, just, like, internalized racism that we don't even know of, like, 
somebody of his fame and um, reach speaking on that is huge because um, it's something that we we just don't talk about. So, and just, and then watching the docuseries, seeing like how much time he spent in Africa and really trying to um, follow in his mom's footsteps. There's a lot to like about Prince Harry. So I'm just going to start by being upfront, being transparent and being like, yeah, I like Meghan. I like Prince Harry. But the caveat comes when what I find so problematic about this documentary I'm going to probably switch off between calling it documentary and docuseries. Maybe sometimes I'll call it doc, but we know what the hell I'm talking about it. But but what I find so problematic is that what the fuck is their end game? I don't feel that they thought through their end game. I feel that um, Megan and Harry, they were like, you know, in the words of Oprah, were you silent or silenced? <laughs> I feel that they felt that they were silenced and they don't got to be silent anymore. So they're going to let everybody know um, their side of the story. And we don't got to go there, bitches. We don't got to do that. We all have families. Would we all sell out our families would we all make a docu a docu series for a hundred million dollars in exchange for selling out our families? I could tell you I wouldn't do that because family is too precious and important to me, especially, especially if I wanted to think about the relationship that I want my children to have with their families so what the fuck were harry and megan thinking you're doing a docuseries in exchange for a hundred million fucking dollars on the one of the largest if not the largest streaming platform in existence which means that that platform is always going to have ownership of your series which means that your series will be there. It'll be available for generations to come. And you're going to sit there and talk shit about your family. These things should be high, um, handled privately, not publicly. We, the public, we don't need to get an A through Z rundown of why the fuck you left the royal family. Because at the end of the day... The people who are against you are never going to change their stance at any point ever. They will always think that you were wrong for exiting. And what I think is unanimous is um, people are saddened to see Prince Harry and Prince William's rift. And so it's like, I don't feel that this was worth it. I feel that they could have made their exit without making it a Broadway show, without making it a fucking docu-series. So I wonder what their end game was. I'm not happy about the rift between Prince Harry and Prince William and the entire royal family and the institution. And everyone's blaming Meghan and Prince Harry and the docu-series, which surprised me. He said that it was his idea to leave. Now, the problem with him saying it's his idea, it was his idea to leave is that nobody cares. <laughs> the reason why we don't care is because we know that if he were with someone else, he wouldn't have left. And he wouldn't have left because that other person would not have been targeted the way that Markle was. And the other person wouldn't have Thomas Markle and Samantha Markle. And the brother Markle, whatever his name is, working with the media, feeding the media stories, keeping all this hate going like a fucking whirlwind. He wouldn't have had that with the hoes before Megan and he wouldn't have had that with the hoes after Megan. So that's why we don't care if it was his idea. 
we still know that Megan signed off on it. And then we hear Megan saying that she was fed to the wolves. And there's a lot of negativity from them, even though them going through this experience and Harry being born into royalty means that he will always live one of the most privileged lives of anyone who will ever grace this earth. I don't, not I don't, I know that they did not have to be as explicit and go as far as they did in this docuseries. And guess what? Harry's book didn't even drop yet. What the hell is in that book? As this one girl named Kate brilliantly put it, she said that scene in the docuseries where Harry shows his phone to Megan and says this is from William, she says that she thinks that they are going to say what the text said in Harry's going to say what the text said in his book. I think that's a very genius, um, potentially accurate guess. And she said that the reason why they didn't go more in depth in the docuseries about different things is because it's going to be in the book. The book comes out next month, if I'm not mistaken. I'm about positive it comes out in January. Forgive me if I'm wrong on the date. But y'all, like, you don't got to be milking shit like this. You don't. Like, what in the fuck did he write in Spare? And when I found out about Prince Harry's book Spare, I told myself, I said, I don't, that is one book I don't want to read. And that was before the fucking docuseries. Because I just, I don't care. I'm not that invested. And I just don't know what, what are you filling the pages with, bitch? Like, we got it. We heard it already. So anyway, um, as I'm going to keep harping on, what is the end game here, y'all? And have y'all heard of the phrase overexposure? And do you know how you're contradicting yourself saying we love to be private and have privacy? Here's our Netflix special. Here's our book. Here's our new Netflix series. They're already dropping it. Like there was a promotion for some other series that they're doing, I guess, about Africa or some shit. Okay, y'all, I am back. I had to stop to get my food delivery and to eat. And I really, really hate breaking because I was kind of on a roll, (laughs) I think. And then I always just wonder about the audio every time I take a break. I'm like, okay, well, the audio is not going to be the same um, just because based upon how close or, or far I'm holding um, the phone. It's a lot easier to control that a bit if you're just recording everything at one time. Anyways, enough about that bullshit. Let's get back to Harry and Megan. So let me just dive into the docuseries at this point. Um, Unless, well, hmm, let me pause a little bit. So as I was saying, I have an issue with the fact that I don't think they thought through the fallout from this docuseries. I think they were so hyper-focused on giving their story and selling their narrative as if that was not going to be challenged by the royals and fans of the royals. I think that they were so narcissistic um, when it comes to their obsession and dedication with letting people know what they felt, how they felt it, why they felt it, why they made the decisions that they made when the bottom line is Harry married a biracial American who moved to the UK and got the fuck up out of there within a few years. That is the bullet point version of what happened. And so that's all most people are going to care about. They're not going to care about what led to their exit. They're not going to care about um, everything that happened before the exit or after the exit. They are going to be focused on the fact that out of all of the women in the world, Harry chose an American who he chose an American, sorry, who could not handle the pressure of the media and so then they bailed 
and he, by bailing, he abandoned everything, his entire life and everything that he knew for years. That's all some people are going to care about. They're not going to care about anything else. They're going to see that as minor. Um, and so I just, when you think of it through that lens, it just makes me, and when you think of like sacrificing your relationships with your family, I just question their motives, their intentions, and what they think that this was really going to cause and why they did not give a shit about the permanent rift that this will cause and the permanent damage that it will cause. You, the, um, y'all had issues with the media in the UK before Megxit. Um, this docu-series didn't help. It didn't. Especially the attacks on the Daily Mail, which, let me not jump ahead. I think y'all understand where I'm coming through. Let me now get into the docu-series. So... Um, in episode one, I have very few notes because as you know, I don't, in the early days of the podcast, I would try to explain everything that happened in an episode as if y'all didn't watch. So this is the same for this. It's like y'all either watched the series or you didn't, but I'm not going to break everything down. Episode one was really H and M trying to sell us their love story. My real name, my real first name is three fucking letters. And so what that means is I don't have a nickname. I can't have a nickname. There's nothing to abbreviate. There's nothing that's going to be shorter. I (laughs) am bothered that these motherfuckers who also have short ass fucking names are going by their first initial. I've never heard of this before in my life. Please, nobody pick up on this bullshit. Let them stand in their nonsense by calling each other H and M like they don't know how to speak English. It, it's just, it's just so fucking stupid. I mean, I didn't need to know that y'all did this H&M bullshit. Like, what is that? Like, and they say it like it's a term of, like, because, like, Dora, um, Doria, Megan's mom, she calls Harry H. And, like, when she says it, it's different. But, like, really, y'all, Harry and Megan, yourselves calling each other that, like, they say it like it's a term of endearment when... We already know that y'all are fucking and married and got kids. So I I feel like maybe in the early days, it would make sense why they would call each other that maybe via text or even conversations, you know, to kind of um, be a little ambiguous, hide their identities. But we already know what y'all is about, like this H&M bullshit. Like, what is that? I, I What is it? Do you think that we're thinking that H stands for another name or M stands for another name? We know y'all's name. Y'all have short ass names. Stop. Just it's I my it's like ah. you just want to like crawl out of your body. It's so gross. It's stupid. Like just makes my skin fucking crawl. Like <sighs> thankfully I never known anybody in my life that did this bullshit. And I hope to keep it that way. Going by first initial. I can't. It's too much. Um in episode one. Harry complains about the paparazzi taking pictures and videos while he was on a ski trip. And it was the most, pr- and or sorry, and how he didn't want to answer questions, um, the media's questions on this, sp- on this ski trip that he took. It was the most, pr- one of the most privileged bullshit complaints I'd ever seen in my life. You board a plane And fly somewhere to ski and you don't want to spend a few minutes answering questions because that's just such a hard ask for a child who is wealthy, who has servants, who is skiing with his family. Get the fuck out of here. Harry, being someone who has been at war, who has been in, um, spends a lot of time 
in poor regions of the world, in third world countries, is complaining about having to answer some questions while on a ski trip, I was disgusted. Um, so then let's see here. We find out that Prince Harry DM'd Megan on Instagram and we thought that we, they had a legit meeting because they were always like, we met through a friend. No, y'all didn't. Y'all did, but y'all didn't. They made it sound as though a friend introduced them when Megan just showed up through in a photo or some doggy filter, whatever the fuck he was saying, through somebody that they like mutually followed and then he DM'd her, whatever. He DM'd the bitch on Instagram. Like that was the meeting. It was not like a formal setup, which we were led to believe. They definitely were lying to us by omission. Um, So that was very interesting to learn. Hold on one second. I just wanted to add a note that I had forgot, um, forgotten. So then um, we see that in episode one, Megan holds baby Archie in front of a picture of Princess Diana. And she goes, it's your grandma, Diana. Um, okay, y'all, like, what was that? I need to know what that was. I do. So Archie is what, how old was he at that time? 10 months, 10 months, 14 months, eight months. What, however old baby Archie was, he don't give a fuck who was in that photo. And Megan don't give a fuck about who was in the photo either. She just put her baby in front of the photo of Princess Diana to say, it's your grandma Diana, to try to prove some point that she wasn't proving other than she was being very fake, very scripted. (laughs) Um, It was cringe. It bothered me. Don't bring baby Archie into this. He don't, he's not trying to be a part of this bullshit that y'all is trying to sell. Um, also I forgot to mention earlier, one of my issues with Megan and it's unanimously, as far as I know, everybody's issue, one of their issues with Megan is how in the Oprah interview, she said she didn't know who Prince Harry was and honey, I understand you don't want to look like a gold digger. I understand you don't want to look like a social climber or a fame whore and that someone who is just an actress and was in this to just, you know, rise to the top, be one of the most famous people in the world. We, we understand why you don't want to support that message or that um, assumption, I should say. We understand why we, you don't want to ex- accept that assumption. But what you did is you made us believe that assumption to be true by telling us such a blatant lie when you said that you did not know who Prince Harry was. You don't need to do that. We, like, none of us are today years old. Talk, sell your motherfucking story without without this, like, just really, really, really bad lie. Nonsensical lie. Get the fuck out of here, okay? So, um, so then Harry, in episode one, he talks about how he doesn't want history to repeat himself, or sorry, to repeat itself, um, Harry was saying this in the Oprah interview. What's very troubling is that Harry seems to assume that Megan is Diana 2.0 and that Megan will have the um, same fate as his mother. Harry was extremely young when he lost his mom. His mom seemed absolutely phenomenal. They were very close. And as um, some people said... And I completely agree. Diana was 19 years old when she got into the monarchy. Megan was almost twice her age. Literally almost twice her age. I think that um, six, let me see. Hold on, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, Megan was literally, I mean, close enough, off by a few years, but literally almost twice Princess Diana's age. 
So it's not fair to compare them because um, Princess Diana was a teenager. In some regards, she was a child. She was a virgin. She was innocent. She did not have the foundation and support of Serena Williams and all these actors and actresses and people that she was connected to through her father and her school and the philanthropy that she's done and the jobs that she's had and the successful blog and business that she had, the TIG. Like, Megan was so completely fully formed and had such a strong support system. She even had the support of her father before he lost it. So, I mean, you can't, try to act like they're the same you just can't like history wouldn't repeat itself harry it just wouldn't um and we just don't see it that way or i i'll speak for myself i don't see that history would repeat itself with megan because megan had all of the support in the world that princess diana did not have um But I do think it's trauma-based when he says that, which I understand. And I do see Harry as the one of the most fiercely protective um, husbands and fathers that I could recall. Um, And he takes it too far, right? And I will get into that later about uh, some comments he made regarding a publication. Um, And so let's see here. So then, as we know, Harry asked Meghan to go with him to Botswana for their third date for five days. They had no running water, no mirrors. They were in a tent in the wilderness. I have to stand Megan for making this trip because you know what? I would have said, you know what? I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> like, and I think most women would. Like, Most of us are just blown away by the fact that she went to the straight up wilderness could have been eaten or attacked by a wild animal. She went there with Prince Harry, no cell reception, no water, no luxuries. Like, and she's, this is early on where you're trying to look your hottest and sexiest. And I do have mad respect for her. I understand that her goal was to, you know, start a relationship, but I still would have said, um, not so much. Hit me when you get back. So mad respect her for that. Episode two. So then we see that um, Megan returns to her elementary school. Well, middle school, I guess, at 11. And she wrote a note to her teacher and she said in the yearbook and she said, when I am, Megan said, when I am rich and famous, the world will know you. And I love people who dream big. Knowing that um, that Megan wrote that at 11 years old makes me like her because the world is filled with insecure people who are frothing at the mouth and get aroused by the idea of tearing people down who have the audacity to pr- um, to pursue their dreams and to make something very big of themselves. And I love the people who have the courage and the confidence to believe that they could achieve something big or be something big. That is beautiful. That is amazing. And it speaks to how she was raised. Clearly, her parents installed a lot of comp- instilled a lot of um, confidence in her. I love that. So then um, Megan's mom said that she never had the race talk with Megan, which I really don't understand. I don't. When any um, minority parent doesn't have the race talk with their kids, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, something, something's wrong. Um, let's see here. One second. Yes, I just pressed my... Um, I just pressed my airplane mode because I don't need my, my alarms and shit going off. So let's see here. Um... And then it is really, really, really fascinating that Megan said that she was not treated as a black woman until she got to the UK. Um, I do think Megan um, identifies as white. I do. 
I feel that she mostly, I feel that Megan mostly identifies as white, but she likes to say that she's black and a woman of color when, um, she feel that it's feels that it suits her benefits her, makes her sound more interesting. Um, I think she knows she isn't white, but I think she kind of identifies as a white bitch, um, as a white girl. I really, really do. And then you see that all of her friends are white with the exception of Serena Williams and her, um, ex-husband is also white. And speaking of her ex-husband, I want and need to know, um, this has never been covered ever. I want and need to know how much money the UK tabloids offered Meghan Markle's ex-husband to do an expose because the tabloids, I can't remember, I think it was The Sun, offered Simon Rex if I'm not mistaken, that's his name, offered her Suits co-worker Simon Rex $70,000 to lie and say that he had, Simon had sex with Megan while Megan was married to her first husband. So if they're willing to pay her co-star 70K to lie and say that they fucked, I would love to know what Megan's ex-husband was offered and what he turned down. Because I think she should reach out to him and thank him. Because there's no way they were not offering him an obscene amount of money to put all of her business out there. And so I commend him for being the opposite of Thomas Markle's dumbass. Okay, so moving right along. So in episode two, Megan recites some poem that she wrote, like a complete freak show. It was weird. I wonder if she like... if she found a piece of paper with a poem on it or there was a recording and she practiced it to recite it in the Netflix doc. But if she remembered it from like third grade or whatever, like she's weird. And, um, and I hope she uses her talents for like as many things as possible because that is very, very, very fucking weird. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous of anybody whose memory is that sharp. Um, And I love that the documentary, Speaking of Friends, it shows like Megan was very, very social. One of my takeaways from this docuseries, something that makes me truly happy is that Megan is extremely social. And so Harry is just brought into the fold and able to have all of her connections, like be friends with all of her friends and be immersed in um, Megan's world. Imagine if you leave your family in another country for a bitch who ain't got no friends and ain't got no family. Like, I love that, like, they are really surrounded with several friends. I've heard different stories about, I think I heard a story about Megan being out to eat with George Clooney and his wife. Um where they live in California, where Megan and Harry live. Like, there's just different sightings of people seeing them with different people. Harry has said he um, doesn't live far from Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. And, like, they have a network. They have a network and support system. And I love that for him so much. And I love that for that. So, um, Megan knew that Harry was going to propose... Her video of it was really, really cute. It was really adorable. Um, I loved it. I love that we got to see that. That I did enjoy. Um, So now episode three, Megan says that she doesn't, she didn't know what a walkabout was. Um, I don't really buy that. However, I do blame Harry for not trying to educate Megan like he really should have tried to educate educate Megan more about royal protocols and what's expected of her and her attire and all that like I think he was too busy having sex with her to think about everything that you know her dating him really um requires so that was really an oversight that was a failure on his on his part let's see um So 
in episode three, hello, Megan. Um, Kate is your sister-in-law, bitch. How the fuck are you going to sit there and say, Megan said that she was surprised that Kate was still so formal slash AKA fake behind closed doors. So here's the direct quote from Megan. I guess I started to understand very quickly that the formality on the outside carried through on the inside. So this is what Megan is saying when she talks about how Kate did not want to hug her when she wanted to hug Kate. Full stop. Someone said that Kate has probably met Harry's other hoes. She didn't know how long Megan would be around for. And so she wasn't trying to be all about Megan like that. Secondly, yeah, I'm a hugger. I, t- I identify, or I, sorry, I relate to Megan. I'm a hugger and I am American as fuck. I can tell y'all that right now. So I understand Megan is also American as fuck. So it's hard for us to just, um, to understand that we got to be completely different in that type of environment and not greet someone how you would here in the States or whatever, but, or, you know, Kate is royalty, but Megan didn't have to say that shit. She didn't have to say it. That's a problem. That was so insulting and so malicious. She's basically saying Kate is fake and full of shit at all times. Well, guess what, Megan? The people, the British people, they actually love Kate. So why don't you ease up off of Kate and keep that shit to your own fucking self instead of telling it to Netflix? Um, All she could have, all Megan could have done and said, when I met Kate, I was, it was awkward for me because I didn't know what I should or should not do when I interacted with her initially. There you go, bitch. You're saying the same exact thing without saying it. I just thought it was very cunty of Megan. I didn't appreciate it. It's like, what does Kate really have to do with y'all exiting? What does she really got to do with it? The problem here, one of the biggest problems here that I found, which was a takeaway for me, is Megan's goddamn piece of shit father. So like, I just don't understand why... Megan said that about Kate. It makes me not like Megan. Megan, shut the fuck up. What are we doing here, bitch? Are you trying to gain the public's favor or are you trying to turn people on Kate? Which one is it? Or are you trying to do both? Because I think you're failing at both. All right. So then um, episode three kind of gets into Thomas Markle staging pictures. And Thomas calling Megan Meg Megan via text when she said, my dad has never called me Megan a day in my life. It's always Meg. And I just, I felt that. I felt that in my soul. Because as I said, my name is three letters and there's a longer version of my name. And it's like, if my father texted me a longer version of my name, I'd be like, oh my God, let me call 911. Somebody has kidnapped him. Um, so I felt her on that. And then what's funny is when I, because um, I really can't sit through this docuseries more than once, but I I put it back on and how I, how I like to rewatch shows is just use my mouse um, to scroll along the bottom to see the different scenes and take notes on the scene so I don't got to rewatch. And some of the parts that I did rewatch while making my notes for this I saw that every single person who knows Megan across the board calls her Meg. So I see that ain't nobody calling the bitch Megan. Apparently it's all Meg. I noticed everyone was calling her Meg. So that is true. They all call her Meg instead of Megan, which, you know, Megan sounds better, but people like to do that. (laughs) People love to ruin a nice name. With an abbreviation sometimes. All right, episode four. Yes, let's go. (laughs) We are approaching a fucking hour, baby. I told you I had a lot to say about these motherfuckers. Okay, episode four. The cookbook with the victims of the fire. Like, this was clearly Megan's shining moment. And it's disturbing. 
it's really disturbing that she did not stay or she did not remain in the UK as a royal because within the little amount of time that she was there, look at what she accomplished and think of all that she was going to accomplish. It's really sad. So then they talk about, um, as you know, Megan's suicidal thought and Harry's regrets. He regrets not being there more for his wife. And he says that the royals should have told the media to stop attacking Megan. I feel that that's a bit of a hard sell. Um, because the tabloids make so much money by attacking the women who marry into the royal family, who date a royal or marry into the family, that there's kind of too much at stake there, bread-wise. Um, and so I wonder, realistically, because Megan was barely there, what's sad, and I what I wonder about is the media may have eased up off of Megan had she remained. They might have eased up on her. It's not like they remained on Kate's neck because they definitely were on Kate. They were on Diana. It's what they do. It's obviously worse now with social media, but I wonder if Megan, if there was no Megxit, um, a few years later, if everything would have been fine. We won't know because they left. But I I assume that all of the rumors would calm down as soon as the media just really saw, like, this is a solid couple. They're here to stay. So whatever you say, it's not going to break them up. I wonder. And we won't know because they bailed. Um, and Megan talks about how they criticized her baby shower Um and how she didn't show her baby to the media after giving birth. And Megan just wasn't debriefed on a lot of protocol. I feel that if it was that serious, they should have just taken the baby and driven to the other hospital and did a fucking photo shoot, the photo op there. Honestly, because it's like those things upset the media and the public so much. And it's, I, if she, if Megan really knew that it was going to be that radioactive, I'm sure she would have taken a goddamn Uber to the other hospital and, and done it at the same hospital because they really like to nitpick over their little stupid shit, as we saw. So in one of the episodes, it might have been um, episode two. I don't remember which one it was, but Megan thinks she's being funny when she um, does a curtsy for the queen. Harry is giving Megan a pretty much dirty look um I thought I being completely stupid did not realize that I when I saw that I thought Megan was looking or sorry Harry was looking at Megan like okay I don't think that's funny however I listened to a guest on a podcast saying that Harry was given giving Megan a very angry a disgusted look because curtsying to the queen as well as the queen herself, that's his bloodline. That's all he knows. That's his entire life. So by her making that exaggerated curtsy, she's mocking who he is. And that's why he didn't find it funny. That hits home. I that goes deep that makes sense it really does and um that should have been edited the fuck out of this docuseries because I didn't see it as Megan mocking um the monarchy I saw it as Megan mocking herself which is how I think she intended that to be but in reality yeah you can't mock curtsying without mocking the monarchy without rocking your whole like your husband's whole lineage and pedigree so bad move on Megan's part should have been edited the fuck out and I wonder it's like did these motherfuckers have final say on the final cuts I feel like they didn't I feel like there's some shit they would have wanted to be taken out and I heard something there's a rumor that they weren't happy with the director anyway so, episode five, um, 
And I think if she said this in episode five, and I don't forgive me if it's in an earlier episode, I'm not sure. But I think Megan in episode five, five said that she was fed to the wolves. Um, so I just don't think it's that dramatic, Megan. I don't. I really don't think you need to say that you were fed to the wolves. And Kate was fed to the wolves. Diana was fed to the wolves. Like, I understand that she didn't, she thought like, oh, if I'm good and decent, they aren't going to really come for me. The press isn't. I get that. I fully understand that ignorance at the same time. Like, you weren't fed to the wolves. You're kind of like complaining about royal issues. You're you're complaining about problems that 99% of the people in the world wish that they had. So, I don't know. I understand that Megan was treated unfairly. I understand there was a lot of racism. I fully understand it. I understand that Megan, I believe Megan identifies as white. She looks more white than she does black. And so she didn't think it was going to be that big of an issue that she's black. But bitch, you black and you American. Like that is like two strikes against you to these royals that want to keep the fucking pedigree super in within the one percent um so i don't know but yeah i didn't agree with her saying she was fed to the wolves like it's too negative too nasty i i would not be talking about my husband's family like this or the media and all this shit like just scale it back think about your future think about think about like if you if there is a possibility possibility for y'all to get along so just scale it the fuck back so then we got episode six. We got Tyler Perry's house. I love that we didn't see the house. <laughs> you know, I, I love that we saw a little bit of the yard. We as viewers, we were not, we, we are not worthy. We do not deserve to see what his house looks like. He already swooped in like a fucking knight in shining armor, like a saint, like an angel said, come stay or may and hit him up. She was able to stay there. Like he's already done more than most people would do. I admire Tyler Perry so much. I want him to be my best friend. I'm sure like so many people are trying to <laughs> become friends with him. I love that he reached out to Megan after seeing her father act like a piece of worthless piece of shit that he is. And it's beautiful. And it was just shocking when and Tyler was like, yeah, people in my family have acted different. And I totally agree with Tyler. When I, when I see how Megan's family is acting, it's like, woo child. I don't need that kind of pain. I don't need the people who raised me or the person who raised me to be just unrecognizable, just like a complete buffoon. Um, So yeah, Tyler Perry, shout out to Tyler Perry. And then we see that Beyonce texts um, Megan. (laughs) We see that Prince Harry wants to call Beyonce. Like, I love being a fan he just straight up fangirled whereas Megan was like um no it's like this is Beyonce you really think Beyonce trying to talk to yo ass right now like I loved how excited Prince Harry was and he was like can I call can I call her and it's like no bitch like you cannot call Beyonce um that was after the Oprah interview came out and Beyonce obviously sent her really nice text and you know I do feel like psychopaths will reach out to Beyonce and be upset at Beyonce for sending her that text like I do think people are going to be furious with Tyler Perry for helping them like people like they're just like ugh, a lot of people need to get it together and then we see that William texts Harry as I said and um, we don't know what the text says but I do believe that um I do believe that it might be in the in the book of his spare. Also, I see here in my notes for episode five, should I talk with a British accent? <laughs> that was really bad. That was really bad. I thought about it like early, like before I recorded. I was like, should I do this with an with a British accent? Um, I'm not nailing it right now. My British accent is a lot better than this. I'm getting upset. Um, So something that I didn't mention 
in episode five is that um, Prince Harry says that the stress from the Daily Mail stories caused Meghan's miscarriage. And the reason why this is upsetting to me as a woman and other women is because miscarriages are not... <laughs> okay, I gotta... I know it's bad because I, I feel like the pressure, I, like my British accent is not bad, but it's, it's like the worst because I feel very pressured. Okay, so like I don't I don't agree with Prince Harry saying that the Daily Mail caused Meghan's miscarriage. Like basically that puts the blame on the woman and says like what the woman is going through can cause a miscarriage. And that's just medically, scientifically, factually incorrect. Um, and I just, he hates the Daily Mail. This is what I mentioned earlier about getting into. I love how protective Prince Harry is as a husband and a father, but that's too much. You can't say that Prince Harry, or sorry, that the Daily Mail caused Meghan's miscarriage. Like, it's just, it's wrong. It's inaccurate. And you don't have to go to that extreme to try to convey your displeasure in their closure of your family. Or sorry, the coverage of your family. So something I forgot to say early at the very beginning of this episode, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go back and edit it now because you know me, less less is more when it comes to the time I put into this podcast. <laughs> less is more. Um, but something I want to say is that let's be real. I kind of mentioned it earlier, saying that Megan is a twelve. Let's be real. I do think a lot of the hate that she receives is because. She is a 12. And I remember when, um, because the few times I would read the Daily Mail comments when they would write about uh, Meghan and Harry when they were dating, they were vicious. People were angry, saying she's a black American. She's ghetto. She doesn't love him. She's using him. They were saying she's too old. She's too old. She can't have your kid. She can't have any kids. She's too old. Stay away from her, blah, blah, blah. So when I talk about Megan triggering people, I talk about how Megan got pregnant with both children within months. She got married and, and she was not in her 20s. She was not a teenager in her 20s, which is her fertile myrtle years, but she is fertile myrtle. So she got married at 37, had a, got pregnant months later, got pregnant with baby number two miscarried the baby, got pregnant with baby number three months later. And I think that for people to just see this woman who is a stunning biracial woman who is older, who is divorced, be able to live this entirely very full, exciting and successful life, marry a prince who literally very clearly, very obviously worships the ground that she walks on and then just shit these babies out, like snap her fingers, get pregnant, have a boy, and then have a girl. I think that's also part of what triggers people. In addition to the fact that like she is paid so heavily by Netflix, so heavily by Spotify, she will never have to worry about money a day in her life. Her entire life is made, and the life of her children is made, and she's just living in luxury and leisure. Things, Meghan Markle's life is easier than it 99.99999% of the people on this planet. Her life will just be easier, even though, yeah, she's had years of people attacking everything she's done. But we all know, like, her husband adores her. She has two beautiful kids. She has a lot of friends. She has her connections. She, Megan Markle is like a, a walking wish list of what so many women wish they had. And the documentary shows that like it's a lot of middle-aged women who attack her. Like these women, these un, or these dissatisfied, miserable women, they're jealous. We have to talk about the fact that they are jealous and people are clearly jealous of Megan in a way that they were never jealous of Kate. Because I think Kate sat there, dedicated her whole youth to just dating Prince Harry, or sorry, Prince William, 
and has just been pretty quiet in the background having her children I hear that they would like to have a fourth you know if it happens and so I don't think people were jealous of Kate Middleton <laughs> and she came from the pedigree that you would expect a um of someone who would marry into the royal family but here comes Megan from straight up Los Angeles with you know divorced older and so it's like Megan really really triggers a lot of women for many reasons body banging these bitches their bodies never gonna look like Megan's their face is never gonna look like Megan so it's like we have to just go strip it back to the basics Megan pisses people off because she is what so many women aspire to be in so many ways and will never be and then you take you bring the race into it then you bring the fact that she like was in the royal family was out of the royal family there are so many reasons why people hate Megan and I consider Megan Markle the ultimate social experiment where is she going to go from here is she going to ever be able to turn the tide and have the public favor her in Europe the public that hates her passionately or is it never going to matter because will she have so many profound impacts on the world um, with all of the work that she does when will Harry and Meghan shut the fuck up about the royal family what will they what does their future hold I think we're going to be kept abreast. I think they're always going to be finding a way to do interviews, to do podcasts, to write books, to be in some type of a series. We're always going to know. And I'm just very fascinated to see if there is a possibility that they could turn things around. And I think the only way that there might be a possibility for them to turn things around would be for them to apologize to just eat crow, eat some humble pie, and apologize. Doesn't mean that they should, but just fucking apologize for the sake of their children's relationship, relationships with their families. So, that is my two cents. I'm a little surprised. I seem to care about this shit so much. Um, but thanks y'all for riding with me as always. Happy New Year. If you liked anything I said, please share this podcast. Apparently a lot of y'all share this. Please give me five stars on Apple. Write a review. I haven't had a review in quite some time. Um, a good review, please. And thank you guys. You obviously like make me sit here and record. <laughs> Spend the time to record, spend the time to rewatch. Like, thank you so much. Um, and I will talk to you, you know, whatever I feel, feel the need to next year. As I said, you know, these podcasts, they're going to be infrequent because that's how they need to be done. <laughs> um, but I do love you all very much. And I hope that you achieve at least a few of the things that you hope to achieve next year. All right, talk to you later.